Welcome back. <clears throat> Excuse me. The last video we shared, it was up to a certain point that you had to recognize, <clears throat> excuse me, that God was in the beginning. And there are things and reasons why I'm showing video today. And we'll do a two part where I'll turn the other and I'll continually explain or try to share the understanding that God has given over the years concerning creation man's relationship with him his name the sin of man it's a patient trip it's a patient journey from the very beginning and I'll give background there was just a GMH Gregory Marshall Highsmith and that turned into GMH Consulting and Negotiations Group. And as that turned, for all who cares, I learned the art of negotiating after I learned the principles of building. And this is life I'm talking about. The principles of building came through, first, of course, our upbringing, through our progenitors, our parents, our siblings. Of course, that's our foundation. That's the principal thing. And in that, and in those principles, as you come up, you pick up a lot of knowledge. And as you go on that knowledge trail and trying whenever life, and I'll just use life at this time, life deems it necessary to engage that knowledge that you've picked up over the years through whatever happened and you got married, you found a girl, tragedy, loss, childbirth, whatever it was, life inside, it triggered that you en engage that knowledge that you picked up over the years. It is at that point that we make our first decision, you see, because that's the crossroad. Now, up until this point in our lives, in my life, I'll use, there have been multiple, many crossroads and experiences to prepare you for that day. They're smaller, and as you go, that's why, and I'll give a side note here, and sometimes it takes me off on tangents, but this time I hope it won't. Sometimes that's why when two friends, whether how old, it doesn't matter if they just met, if they're at school, if they're doing whatever together, when the parents come for all the right reasons to take them apart, they cry for each other, they reach out to each other. There are experiences and crossroads in our lives, and those experiences and crossroads are of such that it prepares us to the time where mom, dad, or whoever our parents were, or whoever those that watched after us, or who were supposed to watch after us, whether they were foster parents, grandparents, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, that was on their hands. But when that individual, however you feel about it, or individuals, are no longer around and the next decision you make is yours that is possibly the first time that you add up and figure out if a plus a or i'm sorry one plus one is two you take the knowledge that you've had over your life from the big boys and you incorporate that into your childish experiences and at the time they're too big 
you know what you've heard the big boys say, whether that's dad, uncle, friend, big brother, whoever, unk, whoever it is. You heard them say you were to do this. But all of a sudden, the challenge is thrown upon you and you try to do it and it doesn't work just right. There's a grand reason why in our lives that process that we've been thrown into is taking us beyond knowledge to a point of experience. Once we engage the knowledge that we've had or we've gathered and we deemed important or not, or we throw it to the side or not, you know, as we go through life, we say, this isn't important. I don't need this or I don't need that. And then, you know, I don't know if everyone has that experience, but later on, you'll have the experience where you will say, man, what was that that they said? I know I heard something like that. And in most cases, that's the life that we live. But those experiences now are called into question because I have to apply a new sense of knowledge that I've never experienced, a whole new experience. So what happens is Uncle John or Joe, whoever gave you the knowledge that you're now trying to apply, did not tell you that that knowledge came through their own experiences. The knowledge that they gave you was good, but it may have just been out of time because it's all in God's time. So in life, that's what happened. You were thrust in, I was thrust in, every one of us was thrust in. We had to make a decision. And that decision, you know, from the negotiations group, GMH, counseling, you know, it turned in counseling and negotiations. And then as life presented itself a little further, you have to find out where GMH then turned into God makes it happen. So what was born was the prodigal son's ministry. But there were so many examples of the prodigal son out there that I decided that it's going to be a changing of our reality. So I said C-O-R. So now you have the prodigal son's ministry, of course. There's a lot of names of that out there. And people gathered that name for basically the, the same scriptural reason, but principle may have been different. So it was the prodigal son's ministry changing our reality since it was so, you know, complicated and those around me and I try to put it out there that it was based upon, of course, the son of the prodigal son's story or, yeah, story that the Lord himself told the experience of the prodigal son. And Romans chapter 12, finding yourself at a place that you have made a decision to turn. You're tired of the mess that you're in. So you're the prodigal son. You've walked away what you had, walked away from or wasted it or did whatever, however you got there, God knows and you know. But for whatever reason, you made a decision that I don't, you know to the point you don't wanna be here, prodigal son. Why? Because reasons I've given. But how do you get out of there? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Paul had to have had an experience to get to this point or have had or have had to heard of experience says that the spirit of God could bring it back out of him. Present your bodies 
a living sacrifice and be not conformed to this world, age, system, time, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. We know mind represents spirit and your mind is to be renewed. So during the whole process, when they gave it to you, it was going to become a time when you got to that point and you wanted to get out of there. But you needed the right mind to. And when God gave you that mind, that mind came in a time of repentance. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. So as we went through life and we, we walked through life and that came up, you know, the COR was changing our reality. Well, then it was since the airwaves are taking over and since we wrestle not against flesh and blood and since the battle is really in the air, the podcast was born, PSM. Prodigal Son Ministry Changing Our Reality. That was born because God is in his word. His word, it is spirit. So that's about how we got up to here. And he asked his disciples, who are the men? Say that I And it is in this that we ask, and it is in this that we ask the next question. To find and to know who he is, we must build upon the principles Anything after will, will void the promise and the instruction that the church was built upon. The law, the prophets, the apostles, and Jesus Christ as we continue the chief cornerstone in our pursuit. Do you say that I answer to seek direction from this question? We must always remember. In the beginning, God. And to show that you're nowhere in your life, that God is not present, that God was already in the void that you're in, or the circumstance that you face where there seems to be no God. For when he created the earth, it was without form and void. Everything you're facing, everything you're challenging, everything that's coming against you, Everything that creates separation between you and God was established and handled in the beginning because God already saw that it was without form and void. When you find yourself in a place, remember that everything in creation in this principle is built, is created, and is fashioned for you. So when you read it, when you meditate upon it, when you pray about it, make sure you look at it from the first person perspective before it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So if you want to know him, you have to let the God factor inside of you come to the forefront. For they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Let the spirit be fed today as we enter in a continuation of the foundations in the beginning. Well, now to talk more on on the book of Genesis and the creation. And you can call it Genesis. Genesis, they've named it. And however we call it, or whether we speak it in our language or we speak it in whatever language, that's your choice. You know, and if you want to play analytics or you want to break down etymologies, that's another time and another place. And actually, that's not even warranted if you're hungry. I mean, that's my that's my assumption. But 
in the beginning, we had to know since we weren't there, something, someone was there. He said God created something. Most people are not disrespectful, uh, belittling, dismissive, or whatever the word you choose to use that means you brought something down very low. You degraded something or you belittled something. Whatever that is in your language. But no one's ever belittled what they consider to be God. And by any definition of the word God, you would have to wonder. Are there multiple meanings of God? Or when we're talking on this make sure we're on the same level. God, when I speak of God, I speak of God as the creator. I speak of God as knowing all. Nothing gets him by surprise. All powerful that we've only as ants or as anything smaller or whatever we choose to call. We've only tipped. Well, I don't even know if we tipped strength of our God, I, I, I don't believe it. He knows all, he sees all, he created all, he's in us all, we all belong to him. And at the end, we'll all stand before him. He made a plan for all of us to be back with him in right standing, but also gave us the right to make a choice if we don't want to be, or if we find the things that we're going through or whatever more important than that is. But God, no one's ever been that way toward what they deem God. And their understanding. So we know that there's a beginning. In our finite minds, our minds that are tempered by things, both time and what we suppose to be spiritual, we can't think eternal. We've never been eternal. There are times that we've experienced things on our inside that we can't explain. Some people have said, I've had near-death experiences. I've been outside of my body. Those are experiences in life to confirm whatever it is you're going through. And I'll say it this way, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So that's on you, that's between you and God. But we don't understand eternity while we're timed creatures. The only thing that understands eternity is what's inside of us. And as of this point, God is by himself. So everything we're talking about, you make a choice right now, whether you believe it or not. That's your choice. If you think the things that we're going to discuss that your God is capable of doing, is that how things got here? I mean, if you can, you can take it and be analytical with it and take it and put it however anyone wants to, that's their choice. Take time to just think. I'm not trying to persuade anybody, I'm just trying to take you down the steps of creation. So God says, let there be light. When he saw something, he responded. Light came in a response. To two things missing. But the two things were together what made the total of what was in the earth at the time. So it said the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, or the Spirit of God upon the face of the deep. 
if you look at it, and we'll read it, we'll read it properly, and I'm not taking anything from it. I, I hope you're reading it. But when God showed up, you have to see that there was something spiritual there. When I say spiritual, remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if it was spiritual, it said upon the face of the deep, it was dark. It was dark. There are abysses, there are caverns, there are places you can go in life and in spiritual sense that are dark. We're not even in the physical yet that are dark. You know that, I know that. You don't have to explain that to anyone. No one need to break down the ABCs and one, two, threes of it. You know you've been to some spiritual places that are dark. And so this spirit of God went to the place that was dark without form and without void. And it was in this darkness that God said, let there be light. We can use a play on words. We can use a play on culture, origin. We can use a play on a lot of things. But can we lose play on basics, principle things? For there to be the need of light, for God to express, let there be light, command, let there be light. Something had to be withholding the light. Something had to be restraining the light. Whatever was in that form and void restrains the light. Whatever in your spiritual form and void, it restrains the light. And man, over time, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. It's not a Bible study, but I have to say it. Man, over time, his heart has gotten so dark that Revelation 3 and 20 says, I stand upon the heart door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open up and let me in, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and he'll sup with me. That man's heart has gotten that far. But as we continue on, now there's light. You see? But the thing that withheld the light was not changed. It was just told or commanded by our God, omniscient, omnipotent, only wise and potentate king, said, let there be light. They were not changed, whatever and whoever and however held back the light. So as it led, it can also cover again. Therefore, as time goes on, You'll see the introduction of something to rule the day, the light to rule by day, the light to rule by night. They were ordained by God to rule by day and rule by night. Everything concerning the light of this world. The only one inside or the one in control of the spiritual light. And most times we'll say, God said, let God come forth. And that's right along the same lines. Let God come forth. Let the light of God come forth. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Let God come forth. And as God comes forth into this world, God establishes the ruler of day and ruler of night by sun, moon, lights. 
first lights, then called sun, moon, to do what? Shine upon the earth. That's why the sun does not shine out in space. The sun was only told to shine on the earth. People came up with, well, we figured out that if it hits something, it turns into light or whatever. Let them go ahead with their whatever. We know God created the stars also. So that's how much God put into it. Let them go ahead and search for whatever they want to search for. Because even if I find what they're searching for, or if they find what they're searching for, or they contribute their research to what they're searching for, they'll never go there. But let's continue on. Now that that light is in this world, now that steady light is in, that, in this world, things can begin to happen. See, before the world was created, God had already created something, made something to go into the earth that would produce so those whom God loved and God chose and God sought after on the earth needed to eat, they could eat, needed to survive, they could survive. For God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He didn't say he was going to give, he said he has given, we just ain't found it. But let's keep moving. So now everything's coming up out of the earth and God gave it an each and everything that he instituted or he commands, directives, any of the above, to accomplish it until God said stop. And being that it was not in the flesh, it was created of another source. Remember this, it was created of another, another source. The lifespan, the life cycle of that source was in control. I don't live in that source, so I don't pretend to know that source. It had another system. It had another world. I wasn't a part of that world. You're not a part of that world. The more you know about that world, God bless you. But it will never be. You will be held according to that system. For God gave you rule over it. In other words, anything that God gave man, and we'll find out later on, anything that God gave man rule over meant he governed over it. The system ruled and rolled under the will of God, under the system of God, as it could and as it would in this world, with the resistance of whatever was dark. As long as the light rolled in it, it would roll in the will of God, however God see fit. But man was to govern it and make sure that it lasted, so man would rule over it and have dominion over it. In other words, dominion means you'll never be over me. I will always dominate you. Watch me. First, you were to govern, and the governing led to domination. It shall dominate over you. Governing and dominating are two different things, and we'll keep on. As we get to the point where verse 26, God said, let us make man in our own image. People say he was speaking to this, that. And they get into all that. But we're reading in Genesis. God said, let us make man in our own Now, people ask questions of themselves. They ask questions of God. They ask questions of religion. They ask questions of the Bible. They ask questions of you. They said, who did Adam marry? Who did Eve marry? Who did Cain marry? And they talk about who did they marry. But yet they'll say it was three people in there making men. Making one man. Three of them made one man. God, who just spoke all this into existence. Now it takes three to make one man. All right, let's continue on. 
let us make man. Do we speak of man in the plural as mans? Or do we speak of man in the plural as man? When we speak of man in its totality, do we say man's kind or do we say mankind? Even if we say it in the singular sense, it still represents many. For example, let's take it down to the English standard and the, yeah, the plural and the singular of the word you. I say you, and that's talking directly to someone. I say you, and that may be talking to a group. God decides. If we read it the way it is, that let us make man. Next verse would be confusing. If for the chance, if for the chance, God was confused. God is not the author of confusion. So confusion couldn't have started here. God said, in the image of God created he him, man, male and female created he them, man. God was in a part of the total. God set something aside for himself and his name was I know. See you on the next one.